Welcome back to the MetaMinds podcast, where we're all about relentless self-development and consciousness optimization. We're here with Kia, who is a plant-based dietitian. Uh, she runs her own clinic and she's been vegan for seven years. Uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. That's totally fine. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into uh, veganism and plant-based eating? How did you kind of arrive at this point in your life? So I first became pescatarian. So it was about 2010, I believe at the time. And I started getting a bit of an interest in health and nutrition, um, started going to the gym quite a lot. Um, and then decided that after a bit of research that it was a little bit healthier, um, to eat a more plant-based diet. So pescatarian being that I didn't have any meat or chicken or, f or I did still have fish and um, still had eggs and still had dairy products as well. Um, so got into veganism essentially from th from that starting point at the time I was super super naive you know I was quite young um and I probably didn't do as much I didn't have nearly as much knowledge as I do now um and I think at that time as well I had a little bit of disordered eating as well so that also probably was a negative factor of getting into the diet but at the same time I think I improved my eating over time through eating this way anyway um, so then I decided eventually to go vegetarian and later on to veganism as well. So I did a, um, a present, I, I did a presentation at uni, um, looking into all the effects of the animal agriculture industry. I looked at a lot of, um, uh, videos as well. So more the documentaries, there's quite a lot on Netflix these days. Um, and that led me down the path of veganism as well. So, Primarily, I started to learn more about what was actually happening in the dairy industry and how our how our products were made. Um, my original kind of philosophy into getting into the whole lifestyle was all about health originally, but I think once you start to um, get into a more plant-based diet from one aspect, whether it be health, environmental or ethical, you do start to learn all the other aspects as well. Um, so... Um, or you start to learn all the other aspects and you start to care more about all the other aspects as well. So I think now as a, as a vegan, um, I, I do obviously care about the, the health side of things. Like I am a dietitian, so this is entirely, this is my job um, and it's what I'm passionate about. But I do think um, being a vegan for me, is it's more about um, reducing my impact on the environment as well. So there's a lot of research about the impact of the animal agriculture, agriculture industry, especially beef um, and their impact on the environment. Mm. Um, and then probably primarily their ethical side of things as well. Um, because say, for example, um, like uh, all of our products and how it's all produced, um, it's not done in the, the nicest way. There's kind of, even if things are called humane, there's, well, in my kind of philosophy, there's no way to human humanely kill an animal no. as well and even things that are not directly if we're not directly eating the animal so say for example dairy which is a byproduct of you know you're not actually killing a cow getting your milk um but the way the industry works is um essentially these cows are artificially inseminated um and they you know they uh, their babies are removed from them at the time of birth and like I'm not a mother, but I can imagine like what that's like um, to have your baby taken away from you um, at a time of, uh, when you're, you know, you've just given birth to produce milk. And so it kind of feels, you know, it's very hypocritical. Um, and yeah, I just 
can't ethically deal with that as well. So, so now, yeah, I'm definitely vegan for so many different aspects and all of them are probably equally as important as well. Mm. Um, so this kind of whole journey led me to study um, mm. Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics. So um, I studied that at Queensland University of Technology. Um, so it's just a, so do, do be a dietitian. There's a few different ways you can do it. Um, you have to go to a university firstly, so you can't do college, um, colleges. Um, and you do um, either an undergrad, which is what I did, or you do an undergrad of like nutrition science and then you do a master's of dietetics. Um, so that's a little bit longer. But essentially you come out with the same qualification um, and you essentially become an accredited practicing dietitian and an accredited nutritionist of that. Um, so... I finished uni um, a few years ago um, and then I decided that um, I had such an interest in plant-based nutrition that I would start my own business. Um, now, during uni and pretty much during this entire journey, I had Instagram. Um, so I kind of built, it, built up an Instagram following over time. So I've got like, it's not that much in comparison. So I've got 11,000.1, 11.1K <laughs> at the moment. Um, but that having that did help me as a baseline platform for my business because I did have people that had been following me for like six years. I've had my Instagram now for six or seven years and I've had people following me through the entire process. Um, and I give a lot of nutrition information on there. So that did help to start off with. I, I wasn't kind of like starting completely from scratch. I did have a bit of a backing. Mm. Um, so I started that, a, um, yeah, so two years ago. So in 2017, I started um, my business, Plant Nutrition and Wellness. Um, so we're primarily a one-on-one -on -one consulting nutrition uh, business. So I see a lot of clients kind of face-to-face -face or Skype as well. Um, but I'm trying to develop uh, or diversify the number of uh um, services I offer at the moment so I'm busy kind of creating an online course at the moment an online program um, I do seminars as well um, and I'm trying to uh, do more workshops as well um, just to kind of vary my workload um, because sometimes it does get exhausting just seeing people one-on-one -on -one all day and I like to do a variety of different things and I really like speaking mm. <laughs> as well um, so yeah so that's kind of um, so that's where I'm at now um, but so I originally started in a clinic in the city, um, but then uh, just because it was quite difficult for a lot of my patients to get there, um, parking in the city is an absolute nightmare. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> I decided that probably not the best option for my business. Um, so then I moved, shoot, my, moved my clinic to a clinic in Hamilton. Um, so now I'm in a clinic in Hamilton, North Lakes and um, Springfield as well. Um, and we're hoping to um, open up a few more this year as well and possibly have some more dietitians come on board. Um, which will be ex exciting. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of – that's where I'm at at the moment. There's so that's much to unpack, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, something that sprung to mind immediately was something you said at the start there. And, yeah, um, yeah nutritionalfacts.org, which is um, yeah. Dr. Gregor's website, he says that the single biggest impact you can have on the planet is to have a plant-based diet. Mm. And that's essentially because I think it's like 13% or something of – of the like gas that goes into the um, ozone layer is actually from cow methane, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was one of the very first things that kind of popped into my mind. And also, yeah, there's like definitely a few, few different pathways to kind of get to yeah. plant-based eating, yeah. eating, whether it's like, yeah, you originally, you know, fascinated with health or something, or yeah. originally it's like, you know, this is a dog and this is a chicken and they're both living beings. Why would I eat one of them? And you mm. stop doing that and then later realize that it's like better for you health wise, basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, so much to kind of unpack there, but it's so interesting. The, um, the ethics side of it, because 
Yeah, just seeing it so prominently everywhere. People don't kind of realize just exactly where the food comes from. And it's really scary. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it is really scary. And I think that's one thing, like, because sometimes you just kind of go about your own life and, you know, we don't really think outside the box sometimes, you know, we just keep doing, going through the motions. And then, you know, you actually start to look into, okay, where is my food coming from? And then it gets really, really scary. Yeah. Like, you know, like they they say there's kind of, you know, no, you can't be truly vegan because like your food, there's always going to be, you know, animals or something killed in the process. Like, you know, when you're farming grains, there's going to be, or like legumes, there's always going to be animals killed, like insects and stuff like that. Um, But yes, I yeah completely agree like it's um you know that that's what we should all be doing eating a predominantly plant-based diet you know whether or not you go fully vegan is completely up to you but and that's what I always say to all my clients like I'm never going to push veganism on anyone um but as long as they kind of use those approaches of eating mostly plant-based for the majority of their diet that's when we're going to get the best benefits from you know an environmental point of view an ethical point of view um and for a health point of view as well and I know there's there a there's a big report um, on climate change that got released a few months ago. I think it was called the IPCC report. Um, and in that report, they they talked about um, reducing global warming to one and a half degrees and so two degrees. I believe. Don't quote me on this. Um, and they talk about one of the biggest impacts we can have as a as a society is mm. is reducing our intake of animal products and you know eating more plant based foods just because. You know, the amount of grain and stuff that we're producing at the moment is primarily actually for, for cattle to eat. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a scary world we live in as well when, you, sure. when you start yeah. to really read into it. Right. But it's, it is one of those things that sounds like it is like a social change that needs to occur or it yeah. needs to be uh, educated on a, a wider scale, right? Exactly. So and like you, It sounds like you're kind of doing that one-on-one, I guess. I'm trying to do that one-on-one, but yeah. I am like... It would be my dream to be able to do that on a larger scale as well because, you know, it's it's confusing as well. Like, people, like, if you've been grown up eating, eating meat and dairy your That's entire life, yeah. like, yeah, you believe that you need it, you get really, it's really normal. scared, it's yeah. normal as well, yeah, and you actually have no idea what to do if you weren't eating that. Like, mm-hmm. like so many people, like, as a vegan, our primary, like, I always... Like, I always have, like, this motto of swap it, don't stop it. So whenever you're taking meat out of your diet or you're taking dairy out of your diet, you can't just take it out because then you will get nutritional deficiencies. And I see that way too often when people just take out meat, especially females because they've got higher iron needs, but so many females get iron deficiency when they go vegan to start off with because they just don't swap those those animal proteins for plant-based proteins like chickpeas, lentils, kidney beans, tofu, tempeh primarily because a lot of people have no idea how to use them like even if you know even when they were eating meat those sorts of foods are not really a typical part of an Australian diet Um, so you know kind of going from one end to the other can be a really big scary jump and people just you know often have like clients saying "I, I just don't know what to eat and you know it's not them to blame it's just it's what how we're like as a society right yeah yeah but i do think like you said with the social change that's definitely happening yeah like, yeah especially the last couple of years oh, last couple of years i've noticed it so much <clears throat> like when i first even went vegetarian i just remember no one understanding at all what i was doing i had one friend at the time which was vegetarian and my best friend was as well so that helped um but you know it wasn't common at all there was not any foods in the supermarket like you couldn't even get soy milk when you go to get coffee Mm. um and i was a big coffee drinker um but yeah now like you look at say all the big 
say, for example, ice cream, right? All the big ice cream brands have now brought out all vegan options. Um, we'll wear some coals. Their vegan range is just expanding. Like they it's used huge. to have like one tiny little part of the freezer section in the supermarket and now like it's, it's getting bigger. And I like honestly just think it's got, like it's going to. Yeah. We've got mm. too many options now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but also fast food places. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and they're that. selling out crazy. Exactly. I read the other day like KFC is doing like, I don't even know what it was, vegan chicken nuggets or something. Oh, really? Right. And like they sold that 500% quicker than everything else. Yeah. And so it's like, what's really good is like the consumer's choice. Like they choose to, you know, that the power is in the dollar that they spend. And, mm-hmm. exactly. and vegans know that. And even if they're healthy vegans, they're like, screw it, I'm going to KFC and buying this vegan burger, whatever yeah. it is, to I, show them, hey, yeah. I'm going to buy this. Exactly. Like this is real, you know? I was so, so hungry Jackson got the vegan yeah. burger yeah, yeah, when yeah, it first yeah. came out. Like, Look, it's, it's not fantastic, but yeah, I've had not, it a couple of times yeah. as well. Yeah, it's not like, not. That, like, and this is the thing as well, like, because this is a very new area of food. Mm. Some of the vegan products aren't that great either. Yes. Like, I feel like they're going to get better. Yeah. But, like, I know there's a few fake chickens and fake cheeses, especially that I've tried that are just, just not that great. But I'm mm. like, look, I'm glad they're doing it. Like, yeah. I can't, like, we can't be too picky, you know. At least they are having these options available. But, mm. you know, I do think the quality of food and the amount of, like, that industry in itself, the plant-based meat or the plant-based dairy industry is just going to, it's going to be a huge market for the future mm. um, and a huge expand, expansion in that. Um, and it's good to see yeah. that, yeah, like, yeah, again, just pushing the, the you know, decisions on the dollar thing. It's really good yeah. to see that, the, yeah, the dairy industry and stuff, like the percentages each year are dropping significantly in the U.S. Most of the studies yeah. I've read, but the U.S. is, you know, makes up for a large portion of the population, basically. And, yeah, it's good to see that the dairy industry is dropping very yeah. significantly because they just, they would just be standing there like, what do we do now, basically? Yeah. And it's like... Invest in the opposite you thing, man. Adapt, make, man. It, make a yeah. soy milk so, farm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw so. uh, there was a post on. Oh, look, this was a Facebook page this morning, so don't don't quote me on the credibility right. of yeah, the article. Okay. <laughs> like, but there was a post on this vegan Australia Facebook page today that they talked about. There's a in Mississippi in the US. There's the new laws that have just been changed that bans places to call um or bla- bans products to call themselves like vegan hot dogs or vegan chicken because it's not actually because it's not actually that. And we're having that issue in Australia as well where there were like a lot of the dairy industry was saying no you can't call it almond milk because it's not um, it's not milk right Um, and like soy milk and stuff like that and it's like they're the backup the backing for this sort of stuff I don't know how they come up with it like it's confusing for consumers like I'm sorry like if I don't know how people would actually oh I'm accidentally getting a soy milk because I thought it was cow's milk I Mm. don't know how often that actually happens but like it's like they like the meat and dairy industry has been massively on the rise like especially you know probably for the last 50 years or so, like we're just eating so much more than we need in yeah. general as a, as a society. Um, but, you know, I think this is probably the first time that they're actually maybe freaking out because, you know, the consumer, there's a social change happening. People aren't demanding those products as much and they, they're going more for the plant-based alternatives as well. Um, so it's probably the first time that they've taken a real hit. Mm. Um, and, yeah, but, like, honestly, like, sometimes, like, the vegan products are so similar as well. Yeah. Like, there's a Funky Fields has a vegan mints, and that's available at Woolies that, like, I use up here and there. But it literally looks like, ve- like, it looks like real mints, and it tastes like real mints as well. But, right. like, saying that I haven't eaten mints in a yeah. while. But everyone who I who's not vegan that I'm friends with who yeah. tries it, they think it's, like, really, like, legitimately mints. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's... 
An interesting world we have in the future, it I think. Be, yeah. And there's a lot of really good role models like, you know, Nimai Delgado. I don't know if you know who that is, but basically a lot of people that are coming out that are like huge IFBB like bodybuilders yeah. and, you know, just a lot of different YouTubers and things like that that are coming out that are spreading this message, which is really fantastic to see because, yep. yeah, you can just like a person for who they are and you realize that they actually eat in a particular way and they spread this message without being this propagandary kind of right. pushing this agenda, you know? Yes. So it's really good. Like you're doing the same thing as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, good to see so many influences as, as such, like taking over this social change because yeah. they really can make a huge impact on mm. people's lives in the planet just by having a couple of Instagram followers, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is another crazy thing to see. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's all the power in our phones. Yeah. It? yeah. It's yeah. really scary. Yeah. And that is good for the fitness item for bodybuilding because it debunks the myth that you have to have meat or heavy proteins mm. to get to that physique. Yeah. Where obviously you're saying like there are lots of vegan people out there yeah. who have like amazing physiques who compete with the meat eaters yeah. mm. and they're basically debunking that theory without pushing it down your throat of like you need to be vegan or whatever it's kind of where like, do i get my this protein from yeah. Yeah. yeah all the time <laughs> yeah right um like someone actually because i like I'd, I'd gone ages and i'd never had anyone ever say it to me and i was like everyone always complains about this question but i've never had anyone say it. and then someone asked me and i literally laughed because i was like, like <laughs> oh this is like, real it's oh, actually something think? that happens yeah. but there's a new documentary coming out called game changers yeah absolutely yeah yeah just guys yeah because yeah, yeah. they're all about i'm pretty sure it's just all about athletes who eat vegan food yeah. um and how they're competing you know really in, cool. in the world stage essentially and doing better than a lot of them yeah really meet, so. exactly yeah. yeah so what kind of things would you like recommend to people if they came into your clinic for a good starting point mm, good starting point so i generally say just experiment to start off with so um like what i talked about before is like swap it don't stop it so if you're taking dairy out of your diet you need to be replacing it with something else same with if you're taking meat out of your diet replace it with something else so i'd say you know just start by there's like trying the different plant milks on the market um, to see which one you like. There's so many these days as well. Like, you know, you've got soy, almond, macadamia. Yeah, oat, macadamia. Meat, macadamia looks delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and like oat as well. Right. Um, and so this, like, you're not going to be able to get those all the time when you go out. So say in a coffee shop, there's generally just soy and almond. Um, but at home, you can try any of those with your foods, with your cereal for breakfast, for example. Um, or even starting, if you're going to a coffee shop regularly, try and order like a soy latte instead of like a, you know, regular cow's milk latte as well. Um, so just steps like that. And then kind of more from the, the meat, the meat, meat side of things or the protein side of things, like just trying to experiment with legumes and tofu and tempeh because a lot of people don't have never used them before. And the only way you're going to learn how to use them is by cooking and trialing them for yourself or going out to restaurants that are vegan and trying their different options because that will give you some inspiration because if you like go out to somewhere and say you have say you have vegan spaghetti bolognese for example you could be like say it was made of lentils for example and um, you could be like oh that was such a yummy dish i'm going to try look at some recipes online on the internet and there's thousands of vegan yeah. recipes out there um, and recreate that at home but often, you know, if you haven't used the product before, like say chickpeas, um, and you're trying to think about how to use them, you will, like, unless you go somewhere or you research and you have a look at recipes or, you know, you have someone else showing you how to use them, you'll have absolutely no conceptual idea of how to incorporate them into your diet as well. Hmm. And how can we expect them to eat the right amounts or, you know, even use them if they just have never, you know, even seen them essentially before as well? Um, so that's where I'd say always to start off with. Yeah. Um, there's also like apps like Happy Cow that can um, show you the lo local vegan 
places around if you're yeah, going cool. out to eat as well. Um, Facebook is always a good one. So I always say don't listen to what people say on Facebook, like in terms of advice for nutrition specifically, because people <laughs> just have the worst <laughs> advice. Um, but they're really good for supportive networks. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty lucky because a lot of my friends are vegan and they happen to be. Um, I don't know how that came about. It just happened over time. <laughs> it's weird. Um, yeah, yeah, which is funny. Um, but, like, a lot of people don't have that. And, you know, they don't have that luxury of, you know, having someone that can show them what to eat. Um, so a lot these Facebook groups have local meetups that you can meet with other people um, or potlucks as well where you can get you know everyone brings in a plate and stuff like that um, so you know that would be a good place to start because then you'd meet people who are kind of following a similar diet to you um, it's a good way to network as well and just you know have some more friends as well and you can try all these different foods um, yeah I guarantee so, if you type vegan and your city in like yeah, you will find a big community that is yeah like yeah, yeah full of a lot of people that are doing yeah. that yeah I know like in Brisbane basically. there's like well there's vegans Queensland vegan girls Australia plant powered Brisbane like oh, there's even like a vegan face. dating Facebook oh vegan yeah, dating I'm pretty sure well. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw that the other so, day actually right, yeah, there you yeah, go. which so. is cool to see yeah, yeah. But, I don't think there's many vegan there's not as many vegan males as there are females yeah that's definitely. for sure yeah, right. so, they need to make a yeah. vegan Tinder or something and like, that's, <laughs> that's a legitimate concern yeah, as well sure. like because like well I'm lucky my partner's vegan now um, <laughs> now, 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 <laughs> now yeah I didn't pressure into doing it at all um, it was it's actually a funny story because he was like the biggest carnival no, not literally a carnival but mm-hmm. like he'd eat a lot of meat and, yeah. like he's That's a pretty like good. pretty like good soccer player as well um, and you know I'd just always been vegan from like since we were together um, and then kind of two years into our relationship he was like you know what I think I'm going to try to do vegan um, mostly to see if because he's very competitive as a lot of guys are um, to see if it would improve his sport um he did it overnight and i think that was also he could do it overnight because i was cooking a lot yeah like he has a personal dietitian on hand <laughs> nice. all the time yeah. um he's gotten very good at his dietetic not dietetic knowledge i'm very impressed <laughs> um but like and like he lost like 10 kilos and like he wasn't like oh he wasn't really overweight at that time like he still had kind of like a six pack like when he was like 10 kilos heavier um but it just kind of leaned down that extra body fat improved his muscle mass as well and now he's like the fittest he's ever been and like just is so much better of a soccer player um and he feels a lot better as well because like we always have this joke because when we were first together like I'd never ever see him cook and I was like no you don't know how to cook at all like you just don't um and then he's actually like he would just eat processed foods all the time take away and like just package stuff and now he's eating like a lot of whole foods um a lot of the stuff I cook as well um and yeah he's actually cooking all the time as well and I think I think when you start to feel better as well and you see that result that's when it kind of keeps you going and like for him as well like you know again it was probably from the health sport side of things but you know we'd watch some documentaries before like together and then you learn about like dogs and stuff and you know you're kind of like well how can we how can we eat chicken and like we have a little animal at home as well because we've got a little puppy um and like you know it just doesn't add up yeah the cognitive well. dissonance is so mm, strong yeah. and as soon as you mention that it's like in china you know they bash cages and that gets the adrenaline high and yeah. that's what makes the te- the meat taste tastier or whatever and then they kill the dogs basically by bashing them on the head 
uh, yeah, very aggressive or whatever. And they're like, oh, yes, but that doesn't happen here kind of thing. It's like, but it yeah. does. And dogs are experiencing the same thing as a cow, basically. Yeah. And cows are best friends and all these different little things that you kind of like hear about. Mm. It's like, it's the exact same thing, but we've just been conditioned to believe one thing when it's actually another thing. It's like, why don't we just kill our dog and eat it? You know, why, yeah. why, why, why not? Exactly. It's yeah, like, like, why do you, I, I like to question people like that. And sometimes it's definitely a little bit aggressive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's, and it's like, yeah, like, because my family's got chickens as well. And I, I, I talked to, like, I try not to push it on them too much. Um, but yeah, like, we, like, they've got chickens in our backyard. I'm like, how can you eat chicken if we literally have chickens in the backyard? Like, because we're talking about Joe Rogan before. Because I, I like, like his principle of sometimes of the way he eats as well. Because I think he talks about hunting. Um, so he goes out, hunts his food, and eats meat. Um, he's very against veganism, uh, but he's also really against factory farming. Um, but he thinks that, okay, if I go out and I kill my own animal, like then, you know, that, that, that's a, that's actually good. Like, and I, I feel like other people should try and take that mentality sometimes too, because if you can go out and kill your food, um, I think it, or if you do go out and kill your food, I think that'll give you a lot more of a perspective on, you know, eating and where your food comes from, because, if you think about the supermarkets or like the meat section or where we, it's all very pristine. It's very clean. You're not seeing any photos of animals dying and stuff mm, like that. So, so it's separate. like, yeah, so it's like you don't make that connection at right. all. Um, but, you know, if you're actually going out there, if you're going to eat animals and you know, if you're going to kill animals, sorry, and like hunt yourself, like you're going to make a lot more of a connection. And then I think you're probably making a lot more of an informed decision as to yeah. your eating habits. And not only that, the... Again, not that I'm, you know, advising going out and killing animals, but yeah. it's like the the food that that animal would have eaten mm. would have much more natural nutrition oh, in definitely, it. Oh, yeah. definitely. So you're actually going to get much more benefits of eating that animal, whereas mm. the factory farmed animals they they eat mass produced, uh, mm. genetically modified mm -hmm. uh, corn basically their whole lives. So they're super fat. So there's more meat to go on the supermarket rack. So there's really not that much nutrients in it at all, kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Which is the the kind of worst part. So yeah, that right. chances are that elk that Joe Rogan is eating is yeah. full of grass, which yeah. is yeah. Uh, fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> and also not to mention, I think you both alluded to it before, but the idea of their social and psychological needs being met, which they would yeah. not be met at all in these farming yeah. situations. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone would like to live in, like, a small house no. or enclosure with, like, 50 other people just getting fed. Ten minutes fed. of sun per day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's just that's the worst part, I think, of everything. And, like, honestly, free range is not that much better either. No, these are just labels that they've come up with to make exactly. it seem Exactly. Like, yeah. fr free range is just essentially, you know, essentially the same mm. amount of, surf, like, area. I think it's, like, a almost a sheet like for a chicken this is like you have a sheet of paper essentially yeah. um but like they're just outside yeah. you can range freely but there's a lot of them in a small area as well yeah um and that's why you know we don't make this connection as well because we don't see this happening you know all the factory farms are in the middle of nowhere mm. and they're not in the local cities or kind of in the suburbs as well so i think if people saw where that food was coming from a lot more as well they'd probably make a lot better decisions in their eating habits too yeah yeah, yeah. just going back to what you kind of mentioned before the the social side of things mm. um yeah i think it's like definitely extremely beneficial to have someone around you whatever it is that you're trying to do if you're trying to go to the gym and you have a friend that goes to the gym mm. and you see that benefit of them yeah but i think more often than not a lot of people are growing up in an environment where everyone around them eats meat they were raised to eat meat kind of thing and you know if they tried to do otherwise not only would they 
would it be harder for them to find the information, but also they would get pushback from everyone else around them, basically trying to keep them in this social kind of barrier, whatever psychological reason that is. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what's really good about, I suppose, meeting more people that are kind yeah. of professional. That have- and like, that's like the power of the internet these days, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely think that's probably one of the biggest things people struggle with is that family occasion as well. And look, like, if you're around you know, a, support- a family that's not supportive, it it really gets to you over time as well. Um, like I'm, I'm like my family's awesome now, which is good. They they all still eat meat, um, but they're really supportive. They always make me vegan food and stuff like that, and they're open to it. But a lot of people don't get that luxury, and you know, especially in like family occasions, like Christmas can be really really stressful. And if you're, I think the thing is as well, if you're like say you're vegan for predominantly ethical reasons as well, and then you know you see kind of you know the traditional turkey and stuff made at Christmas on the ham like it, it, and you're seeing all these people you love like engaging in this activity which doesn't align with your values you know that's really really tough for some people as well and you know you just you know you're trying to share with them you know you know why are you doing this and then you know they feel kind of personally attacked and then this can create a lot of family wars I think as well right. um, yeah so it's, it's quite tough for some people absolutely mm. we might take a quick break there yep and we will jump back into the second half of the podcast in one second <laughs> 